We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On today's show, I'm going to go back again and talk about wokeism, the new religion for the United States of America. This is the third installment on this topic, but it's incredibly important because this is the philosophy that you have to understand if you're going to engage in today's public debate. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Welcome to today's Rebellion. I know this is the third installment on this topic, but it's necessary. It's incredibly important that we understand what's going on right now in terms of the new religion that is guiding the public discussion, the debate, the political debate, the theological debate, the debate over justice, the debate over human identity is grounded in this particular worldview. It's a worldview that is now being coined as wokeism. And if you are woke, you are wise, you are knowledgeable, you are just, you are good. And if you're not woke, you are the opposite. You are not good. You are not just. You are not wise. You're stupid. You're a Neanderthal. You're a deplorable. You lack gray matter. You're one of these rubes who is hanging on to the old ideas, the old ways. You're one of these people who is putting the rest of civilization in jeopardy because you believe in human freedom more than the safety of wearing a mask. You actually believe that you should be able to make your own choices in life rather than being told what to do by the gang, by the government, by other people who fancy themselves as God. You actually believe in 2,000 years of teaching and tradition and history and reason. You believe these ideas are better than the new ideas. You believe that these new ideas are yet to be vetted thoroughly. Just like the vaccine, you may not want to take it because it hasn't had time to be tested properly. And likewise, new ideas that are very strange, very odd, such as a man can declare himself to be a woman and a girl can declare herself to be a boy. These new ideas seem odd to you. They don't seem to make sense. They seem to be antithetical to people who should be following the science. When somebody says 2 plus 2 equals 4 is nothing but the product of white privilege, you raise an eyebrow and you think, that doesn't make any sense. And when they respond and say, your argument that it needs to make sense is proof that you're just elevating your white privilege above everyone else because making sense isn't as important as attending to someone's feelings. When you get involved in these discussions, when you feel uncomfortable with these discussions, when you watch the news and you just feel that something isn't right, the reason for all of that is you're being confronted by this new worldview, this new religion that's being embraced by upwards to 50% of the American population right now. 
I could go into the data and show you why I use that percentage, why I use that number. But that's a topic for a different show at a different time. Today, I want to go a little bit deeper into the definition of what wokeism is and make sure that everyone listening understands it because it can be complicated. Gnosticism has always been something that's difficult for us to understand because it's um, counterintuitive. It doesn't make sense. And therefore, if you're trying to think rationally, Gnosticism is often something you dismiss because you just think this is crackpot theology. It makes no sense. Who would buy this? Nonsense. Stuff that makes no sense. But I want you to keep in mind that Gnosticism, the argument of special knowledge, of feelings over facts, of the spiritual over the physical, of your personal opinions being elevated over the revelation of God, of you declaring yourselves to be as God rather than acknowledging a singular God that is the creator of all. This is Gnosis, this is Gnosticism, and it is just being repackaged as wokeism today. So I'm going to talk about a Christian artist, Kevin Max from DC Talk, who has just come out and said he's an ex-evangelical. Not an evangelical, an ex-evangelical. And he's saying he's been progressing and deconstructing his faith for decades. We're going to talk about him as we define wokeism even further. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Let's take a break right now, acknowledge our sponsors, and when I get back, we'll further this topic and talk about Kevin Max, Deconstructing Faith, Richard Rohr, The Universal Christ, and Wokeism. I'm Dr. Everett Piper. We'll be right back in a couple minutes. Welcome back to The Rebellion. So in yesterday's show, I concluded with a quote from James Lindsay, who's a mathematician and academic, and ironically, he makes no profession of faith. He says he's an atheist, and he was recently on Joe Rogan's show, and Joe Rogan, I don't think, makes any specific profession of Christian faith either. But it's interesting here that these two guys seem to understand the dangers of what's going on. It's proof of what the Apostle Paul tells us in Romans, that the truth of God is written on every human heart, that we all have an awareness of what is up and down, good and evil, black and white, male and female, we all know these things, as I've said many times on this show. There are a lot of things we know that you can't test in a laboratory. You can't put them in a test tube. We know that the Holocaust was a bad thing. We know that human slavery should be reviled, and we know that rape is just evil. We know these things. You can't discover them in a laboratory. You can't test them in a tube, but they're revealed. They, they are evidence of God's law written on every human heart. So anyway, back to James Lindsay and Joe Rogan, two guys that don't profess Christ, but they say something that's very important here. Specifically, Lindsay said to Rogan, some religions look up. They're looking at God. They're paying attention to God. They're thinking about renewal. They're thinking about redemption. They're thinking about forgiveness. And then he says this, some religions look down. If you look up, then religion can be great, says Lindsay. It can lead people to spiritual development, community, and so on. But if you're looking down, if you're obsessed about yourself, 
That's a paraphrase that I'm inserting there. You're going to start obsessing about everybody else too. So in other words, I think what Lindsay is saying is that a religion that looks outward at God as being God rather than inward at yourself, declaring yourself to be as God. Lindsay himself, even an atheist, is acknowledging the value of Christianity. It's like Matthew Paris, the journalist from London who writes for, I believe, the London Times and other British periodicals. He's an atheist. He's a homosexual atheist. But he has said that the only salvation for the African continent is Christian evangelism. That's his quote, because he recognizes the beauty of looking upward toward God, upward for redemption, upward toward renewal, upward about seeking forgiveness, rather than thinking you can accomplish all of that in and of yourself. Well, wokeism is the exact opposite. It's the exact opposite of this. It, it's Gnosticism. It's modern-day Gnosticism because it declares yourself to be the measure of all. It, it declares yourself to be the only solution for what ails humanity. And if you could just acquire enough power, if you could grasp the ring, if you, if you could grab a hold of that ring of power, you could solve all of the problems of human history. Okay, let's go on to this story from uh, about DC Talks' Kevin Max and how he's now saying he's an ex-evangelical. He says he's been progressing and he's be, been deconstructing his faith for decades. This is the poster child. This story about Kevin Max is the poster child of everything that's wrong with being woke, everything that's wrong with being uh, part and parcel with, for buying in Everything that's wrong about buying into this argument of woke and wokeism today. Kevin Max, this is an article that's written up in Faithwire. I think it just came out a day or so ago. Here's what it says. Kevin Max, a member of the popular Christian band DC Talk, announced over the weekend that he's now an ex-evangelical, noting he's been deconstructing his faith for decades. The article goes on and says this, The singer dismissed some on social media who claimed he's no longer a Christian, saying he didn't say that. And then he clarified, The universal Christ is who he follows now. The universal Christ. But he didn't really explain what that means. Well, it's interesting he used that terminology because the universal Christ is the title of a book by Richard Rohr, a very popular book that's being touted by the likes of Oprah Winfrey, Rob Bell, and a host of others. The Universal Christ is a book about modern-day Gnosticism, about modern-day wokeness, about wokeism being the new religion of the United States and of the Western world. Back to Max. He says this, I have no idea how many people, blogs or podcasts, are using my announcement to further division, further division within humanity. But I'm here for the grace, he says. Hmm, interesting. I guess he's cool. He's here for the grace. And all of those who dare disagree with him are just about being divisive and judgmental. So he's conflating two terms. He's suggesting that disagreement and division are synonymous. He's also implying that his disagreement with you and with me is not divisive. 
it's only you that are guilty of compromising grace when you disagree. He certainly is not when he disagrees with 2,000 years of church tradition and teaching. When he disagrees with the explicit revelation of Scripture. Oh, he's not being divisive. You are. Do you see with the way he's sawing off the branch upon which he sits? Do you see the duplicity and the hypocrisy in his worldview? Again, it's like saying, I can't tolerate your intolerance. I hate you hateful people. I'm sure that nothing is sure. I know that nothing can be known. I'm absolutely confident there are no absolutes. This stuff is self-refuting at every turn. And now he claims, as he's dividing the body of Christ by ignoring, refuting, standing against everything that Christianity has stood for, for 2,000 years, the very definition of Christianity itself, he is dividing that definition. He's the one doing that. And then he turns around and says, when you disagree with him, that you're the one being divisive. He goes on and says this. He uh, has an upcoming song in his new group, a band that's called Sad Astronauts. Here are some of the lyrics in his song. Listen to these. This perhaps tells all. It's okay to be estranged from everything that you were taught. And it's okay to unpack all the hopeless baggage that you bought. I know the sun, it never shines in the same place twice. And I know that life is better with a trusted vice. But you will change when you cave to the universal Christ. And it's okay for you to lose the shame from all the church's abuse. And it's okay for them to see that you don't believe in man's inerrancy. I know the sun, it never shines in the place that you hide. I know that you think it's better shrouded in the secrets and the lies. But you'll change when you embrace the glowing universal Christ. Okay, this is supposed to be Christian music. These are supposed to be Christian lyrics, but they're unbiblical at every turn. He's besmirching the ideas that you've been taught history and tradition, the teachings of the church. He's calling it hapless baggage that you've bought. He's saying that I know that life is better with a trusted vice. He's accusing you of holding on to the the trusted vice of the church, of Christianity, of Christian ethics and morality, of Jesus being the exclusive way, the truth, and the life, and that no one comes to the Father but through him. He's accusing you of holding on to a trusted vice. But then he says you will change when you cave to the universal Christ. Well, who is that? What is the universal Christ? Hmm. Before I answer that question, I want to read a tweet that Max put out describing himself on where he is right now defining himself and who he is right now. He said this, and I'm quoting, I see myself as anti-war, pro-peace, anti-hate, pro-love, pro-LGBTQIA, pro-BLM, pro-open-mindedness, anti-narrow-mindedness, pro-utopia, anti-white nationalist agenda, pro-equality, pro-vax, pro-music, anti-one-percenters, pro-poor, pro-misfit, pro-Jesus, close quote. Did you hear that? This is a Marxist screed. 
planted and grounded and grown from postmodern Gnosticism. I'm going to read that stuff one more time. Anti-war, pro-peace, anti-hate, pro-love, pro-LGBTQIA, pro-BLM, pro-open-mindedness, anti-narrow-mindedness, pro-utopia. Utopia? He just said it. Pro-utopia. Guess what? Every government that has tried to enforce utopian policy, economics, utopian views of human responsibility, utopian views of property, utopian views of free speech, freedom of religion, freedom of association, every despot who has waved the flag of being pro-utopia has resulted in the, mil- in the death of millions of people as the result of that march toward their definition of what a utopia looks like. Because when you say you're pro-utopia, you believe that there's somebody out there smart enough that if they just are given enough power, they can pull it off and we'd all live happily ever after. But we know the lessons of history teach us the exact opposite. Pro-equality, he says. Pro-vax. This is why the whole pro-vaccination COVID cult has proven itself to be part and parcel of the doctrine of the new religion of wokeism. But pro-Jesus. Well, who's Jesus? Who's Jesus? Well, when he refers to, when Max refers to the universal Christ, he's referring to the writings of Richard Rohr. Who is Richard Rohr? Rohr, excuse me. Who is Richard Rohr? R-O-H-R. And what does he teach in his book titled The Universal Christ? Well, Rohr is a 76-year-old Franciscan friar, a Catholic priest for 50 years, and he founded the Center for Action and Contemplation in Albuquerque, New Mexico. His book, The Universal Christ, has been an Amazon number one bestseller in both the Christiology category and Christian ethics category. But it belongs in neither because it's not Christianity. It's actually Gnosticism, which is the antithesis, the opposite of Christianity. Bono has cited it. Oprah Winfrey has cited it. Rob Bell has said he's been influenced greatly by the teachings of Richard Rohr. Now, Here's the thing. I could go on and on and on. We could do several shows on this, but your eyes would cross. The bottom line is the universal Christ, Jesus himself, is defined by Richard Rohr. And it distinguishes the book, The Universal Christ. Richard Rohr, in his writing, distinguishes Jesus from Christ. Two different things. How is that so, you ask? Well, Christ's function or role is different from Jesus, says Rohr. Jesus was limited. He was just a body. He was just a human being. He was earthbound. But Christ, says Richard Rohr, is unlimited, universal, and cosmic. Are you getting confused yet? Well, you should be, because it's nonsense. Rohr says this, Christ was clearly not just Jesus of Nazareth, but something much more immense. One more time. Quote, Christ was clearly not just Jesus of Nazareth, but something much more immense. 
And what would that something that's so much more immense be? Well, let's go to what Richard Rohr says about the definition of Christ as being distinct from and different from Jesus. Here's what he says. Christ is more of a process than a person. The Christ mystery, says Rohr, is not a one-time event, but an ongoing process throughout time. Do you hear that? The Christ mystery, the incarnation of Jesus Christ. Jesus being born in a stable in Bethlehem. The Word made flesh and dwelling among us. God incarnate, the second person of the triune God. This Christ mystery is not a one-time event, but an ongoing process throughout time. Well, what the heck does that mean? Well, I'm going to tell you what it means, but I, and I'm going to use his own words. He goes on. As constant as the light that fills the universe. And so not limiting the Creator's presence to just one human manifestation in Jesus. That's what Rohr says. In other words, Christ is not just limited to the man called Jesus. It's an ongoing process as constant as the light that fills the universe. It's not a one-time event. The incarnation that Christians believe in didn't just happen in Jesus. Incarnation appears to be a certain way that people look at Jesus, but it's not an objective fact about Jesus. Incarnation the Christ mystery is an ongoing process that can be experienced by every person. Every person. Everyone has to let go, says Richard Rohr, of his egotistic attachments to the crucifixion, thinking that that's how you can be born again. Jesus' death didn't accomplish redemption. Instead, because of this ongoing process of gnosis, of awareness, of Christ-likeness. I am Jesus. You are Jesus. Everyone is Jesus. Everyone is their own Christ, the universal Christ. That's the teaching of Richard Rohr. And that's the teaching of Kevin Max of DC Talk as he talks about deconstructing his faith, still being a Christian as he embraces the universal Christ. This universal Christ is self-worship. It's reincarnation. It's incarnation. It's polytheism. It's this idea that you are God and I am God and all is God. In fact, Rohr comes right out and says it. He says it in his teaching. First of all, he says that salvation is universal. He affirms universal salvation, writing that, quote, hell and Christ cannot coexist. And keep in mind, when he says Christ, he's not talking about Jesus. He's talking about this gnosis, this special knowledge, this enlightenment, this incarnation in every human being of God-like awareness, and that hell and Christ cannot coexist. Rohr claims that the first incarnation occurred when God created the world. Now, stop and think about that. The incarnation didn't happen at the birth of Jesus Christ. The incarnation, the first incarnation, occurred at the very beginning of creation. How so? Well, God incarnated himself into creation. He incarnated himself into the stones, into the ocean, into the atmosphere. It's not that 
there's this exclusive incarnation known as Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Word made flesh and dwelling among us, the Logos. No, not the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Lion of Judah, the Lamb of God. That's not the incarnation. The first incarnation was at creation itself, where God incarnated himself into everything, into his creation. So a stone is God, an ocean is God, the atmosphere is God. Again, you are Jesus, I am Jesus, we are all Jesus, we are all Christ. This nonsense, this heresy, was confronted nearly 2,000 years ago by Arrhenius, in the second century, in his work against heresies, Arrhenius said that Christ cannot be divided from Jesus. That's a quote 2,000 years ago. Arrhenius, Christ cannot be divided from Jesus. Jesus cannot be divided from Christ. And Arrhenius went, then went on and added this, It is therefore clear that the Apostle Paul knew no other Christ except this one alone, he who suffered he who was buried, he who was raised from death, he who was born, who speaks as a man. Close quote. And then Arrhenius went on and stated this, that it was blasphemy, his word, to separate Christ from Jesus, as some Gnostic authors were doing. But yet, Richard Rohr is being embraced by people under the banner of Christianity. It's not Christianity. It is wokeism. It is modern-day Gnosticism. The New Testament. The New Testament teachings are very different from this and very clear. Jesus is the Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He's not just one of many Christs. He's not one of an He's not part of an ongoing incarnation. He is the one and only incarnation. Jesus is the Christ. In him, all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. Colossians 2.9. And 1 John 4, 1-3 says, Those who deny that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh are manifesting the spirit of the Antichrist. Richard Rohr says in The Universal Christ that the statement, the Word became flesh, John 1.14, he says this. He says it's not referring to a single human body. Well, who says that? The church hasn't said that. The rest of Scripture doesn't say that. If the Eternal Son didn't become incarnate in a single human body, then how did the miracle of the Incarnation happen at all? The Universal Christ aligns with what Scripture calls the spirit of the Antichrist. And when Kevin Max embraces the universal Christ, that's exactly what he's doing. It's anti-Christianity. It's wokeism. It is not orthodoxy. It is not right thinking. This is heresy. This is not Christianity. This is Gnosticism. This is arrogance. This is self-worship rather than the worship of Jesus Christ, our Savior. In times of universal deceit, Speak the truth because it's the only rebellion left. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.